Prioritize Life podcast, where we show you that women are capable of absolutely incredible things with the right tools, strategies, and mindset in place. This week on the podcast, I am incredibly excited because not only is it an awesome interview, but it's also a giveaway, but I'll get to more on that in just a second. We are joined by Amanda Boose. Boosie, I really should have checked that before, from Cole and Canary. Now, Amanda is an incredible entrepreneur and the co-founder of Cole and Canary, and they have had their candles in the Grammy bags and the Oscar bags, and some of that was just in their first couple months, few months of business, which is really just like hitting it out of the park from day one. But we know that entrepreneurship is not always the easiest of roads. So Amanda and I dive into that. We talk about how Cole and Canary came to be. We talk about how they got into the Grammy and Oscar bags. We talk about some of the stresses that she faces in that role, uh, how she works and lives with her co-founder, and so much more. Uh, So it's a really great episode. And I have to say, I think I first heard of Cole and Canary Candles through a friend, like I saw one of the candles at their home. I loved the the wick, like it just crackles like a fire. And then I was I was in Banff for the day with my mom and my daughter and was in one of the little stores there and I saw their Christmas collection and I kid you not, like this the smell of their Christmas collection is to die for. Uh, and so I will definitely be getting many more candles, especially once my little children grow up and are less likely to uh, to touch the candles. <laughs> They're definitely used around our house when the kids go to bed. If you are listening to this when the episode goes live, you want to immediately head over to Instagram and follow Cole and Canary because they are partnering with me to do a giveaway for one spot for the Stress Less in 90 Days group coaching program. You do not want to miss out on this opportunity. And of course, they are giving out some candles. So big thanks to Cole and Canary for partnering with me on that. Now, show notes for today can be found at the girl at girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast dash 119. Now, the Girl Tries Life podcast is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. So over at the Alberta Podcast Network, we have a brand new member. We've got a couple in the works. So we talked about one of them last week. But this week, I want to talk to you about Perspectives YYC podcast. So this is a podcast run by David Yoon of Perspectives YYC, and he interviews uh, local artists and creative people in Calgary. He's even recently had Sarah Schmidt on, uh, who's a personal stylist on his podcast, and she was one of our early guests on the podcast. So definitely uh, check out Perspectives YYC. You can find all that at the show notes again, which are girltrieslife.com forward slash podcast dash one one nine. This episode is also brought to you in part by the Alberta Blue Cross Wellness Summit, which happens on October 10th. We've talked about this on the podcast before. The Wellness Summit is a day to explore fresh perspectives and practices around wellness. And this year, the focus is on what it takes to create healthy workplace cultures where everyone thrives. So they're going to have some incredible speakers. I'll just name a couple of them because there's quite a few. There's Drew Dudley, whose TEDx talk on everyday leadership has been viewed millions of times. And you might know it as the lollipop moments talk. He reminds us that we all have the power to improve each other's lives. There's also Mandy Trapp, who's the founder and lead educator of Lifestyle Meditation. Mandy has been an active part of Edmonton's health and wellness scene for the past 20 years, and her mission is to blend the science and wisdom of meditation and mindfulness to educate others and build resilience. So 
so many great speakers uh, and the summit itself is designed so that you're not just sitting and listening, you're actually going to have a chance to actively engage with the information, the speakers and other attendees, and you're going to come away with practical tools and evidence-based resources that you can use. So it's going to be a great event. It happens at the Renaissance Edmonton Airport Hotel on October 10th, and you can learn more at thewellnesssummit.ca. Okay. So without further ado, I want to head on into the interview with Amanda. Well, thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us on the podcast. We're so pleased to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So for those of you, I mean, we'll have, well, we've just done a bit of an intro, but for those of you uh, that know you from Cole and Canary, I'm curious if you could give us a bit of a rundown. What was life before Cole and Canary? I knew, I know that you were in graphic design, but what did that look like? Yeah, for sure. So my life has always been really, really busy. I'm just a kind of a busy bee, but yeah, I've always been kind of doing a thousand things at once, which is how I like, how I like things to be. But yeah, I took graphic design um, at a college uh, in Manitoba, like long, long time ago. I'm kind of dating myself. Um, But since then I have done kind of like, I worked for a bunch of different types of companies. So I worked for small companies, um, like independently owned. I worked for some large kind of national fashion men, like retailers. I did freelance for a long time. So it was kind of nice because I got, you know, a lot of experience working for these different types of companies. And I got to kind of learn on their dime, I guess, Um, never knowing that I was going to become an entrepreneur one day. But it really kind of worked out that way. So I got to see kind of what worked and what didn't work with different types of businesses. And then the nice thing is I got to kind of apply that nowadays to, to Colon Canary. Um, but yeah, so graphic design, advertising, marketing, that's kind of my, my jam and my experience. And were you like into art always as a kid or like what drew you to it? Yeah, definitely. So I love to draw and love to paint. Uh, I do mostly portraits, but um, ever since my, like my parents can remember, I was always drawing. So that was kind of my big thing. And, um, you know, so I'm very artistic and very, very creative. I wanted, to, I knew I wanted to do something, you know, in that field, like something creative one day, didn't quite know what, what I was going to do. And then uh, a high school counselor actually has, had suggested graphic design to myself. I had never heard of what that was. I had no idea. Um, and then I kind of did some research and I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is cool. You know, it's, it's still being creative and artistic, but you know, in a, in a way that can be sustainable and um, where you can, you know, make a, a salary and an income and all that. So that was appealing as well. So that's kind of how I got into it. It was kind of just, it just happened. Well, and the neat thing about graphic design for where you are right now is that you know, some people will get to do graphic design just for products or just for websites or just for advertising. Mm-hmm. You get you get to do it all. I get to do it all, yeah, which is a great thing. It's also a very tiring thing, yeah. but <laughs> but it's awesome. And I mean, it's really it's really worked out in such an amazing way. And um, again, I was never I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur, especially with a product based business. But it's incredible how you know how much money it saves you, you know, to be honest, um, you know, having those abilities in house, um, and not having to outsource anything. So it's really been a blessing to our company. And it's nice, because we have all the control in house, which is nice. Also, so we really get to, you know, have our hand and our thumbprint kind of on every single part of it. And it's, it's really like Tom, myself and my team that, that produce everything from concept to, you know, production to marketing to the graphic design of the box, 
to, you know, the final actual outcome. So it's kind of exciting. It's kind of cool that way, which is really, really fantastic. Yeah. So I've heard so many times how you and Tom basically started this over a glass of wine. You were looking for like a creative endeavor together. But (laughs) when when was the tipping point of like doing it for sort of quasi fun and business to Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, this is a full time gig. This is our lives. Yeah. Like put your seatbelt on. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it started again as as a hobby, kind of how it all happened for those who don't know. So I was doing graphic design. Um, My best friend, Tom, we've been best friends for about 10 years prior to starting Colin Canary. And this is about five years ago. So I was working full time. He was actually a registered nurse. So he was doing his final year of like nursing practicum and all that stressful stuff. But he's very creative too. So he was looking for a hobby to kind of do in his evenings that would maybe make him some money on the side while he was going to school. Uh, so he got into making candles and he got really, really good at it. And I was actually buying his product. I said to Tom, these are the best candles I've ever purchased. But the packaging and everything was a little, you know, to be desired, you know, a little, it could have been a little bit better. Uh, and he knew that. And so he said to me, he's like, do you want to get together once a week uh, in your kitchen and we can drink lots of wine and hang out more often? <laughs> and it was purely just a way to hang out. Like, that's all it really was. So it was just our little fun kind of passion project. And I had a really, you know, intense, stressful job. I'd worked my way up, you know, 10 years working in graphic design. And had a job I loved, actually, and I had man- a team to manage and lots of responsibility. And I wasn't looking for a career change. But um, yeah, we just started making candles in my kitchen. And then one, you know, one thing led to another, we started posting pictures on Instagram, and stores started reaching out immediately saying, how do I buy these? These are really cute. You know, this is kind of unique. And uh, they would say, can you send over your wholesale catalog? And Tom and I would look at each other and say, what is a wholesale catalog? <laughs> like, we had no idea, right? Like, we, we didn't go to business school. We had no idea what to, what to do. So, you know, we used Google a lot. So thank you, Google. And, um, yeah, and, like, the nice thing is because I was a graphic designer, we could kind of fake it till we made it. So I would stay up all night, and we would make a wholesale catalog and pretend we had it all along. And then the next day, we'd be able to send it off. So, Stores started buying, and then three months after that, we got into the Grammy and Oscar gift bags, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But yeah, it, it came to a point where I was answering more Colin Canary emails than I was my full-time job emails. And it, the thing is that you realize too is that business happens during the day, and it's just part of part of business. So you know, stores that are emailing you that have questions that want to you know buy your product they are emailing you during the day and it's nice to kind of respond same day if you can. And so what was happening is I would be staying up all night long trying to answer all these emails and it just got to a point where something had to give and I just couldn't do both. And so I just decided, you know what, like I have all this experience, I have a great resume and I'm confident in my ability. So I'm just going to take the leap. And, and Tom at that point had graduated nursing and he had a, a job that he could do kind of casually so we said, let's just let's just do it. Let's just go and, you know, leap and see what happens. Because if anything's going to happen and, you know, we have to do this full time to find out what's going to happen. So, yeah, I just did it. I, I, I say I switched careers. I didn't ch- I didn't quit my job. I just changed my job. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then it, that's kind of where where it happened. Did it have like was it making the revenue where you were like, oh, I can kind of replace it? Or was it truly a leap of like, if I take this full time, let's hope it works and we'll work our butt off yeah I mean it was 
kind of a combination of both, I guess. At that point, we we had been making, so I was about a year in. So we already had kind of like a, a space we were renting out. It was really small. We had moved, like, now we've moved six times in five years. Uh-huh. Um, I, mean, I can talk about that later, too. But we had a tiny little kind of space that we were using that we were renting out. And yeah, like it, we were we were in enough stores that it was generating enough revenue that we could put the money back in to continue purchasing more product to sell, uh, while also you know paying ourselves a little bit. So it was kind of nice in the fact that you know at the time I believe Tom was living with his parents still, and I my husband had a full time job too. So um, we tried to keep our expenses really low, uh, you know, and we we were really really like we weren't paying ourselves a lot at all. Trust me, and we were just very frugal. And even to this day, we're very, very frugal. <laughs> and, you know, in December, we had 21 staff and payroll is a real thing. And that is terrifying because no matter how well you do those two weeks, that money is coming out of your account. Yeah. So you have to hustle all the time. And so we've always found ways to kind of cut corners, find ways to do things for free or, you know, for as little money as possible. So I think little things like that kind of kept us going and we're really driven and we're really hardworking so we do whatever it takes like we'll we, we just said we're going to make it happen um and then luckily you know people really love the product and it, it kind of took off that way so yeah so it was, it was a bunch of I guess a combination of things that's awesome so okay so you touched mm-hmm. on it like you got Cole and Canary into the Oscars and the Grammy swag bags mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would and that was in your first year that was three months after starting in our kit in my kitchen. Holy, okay, so which is how? insane. Like, <laughs> no, okay. For everyone that's like, that's my dream. How? Yeah, it was it was so crazy. So yeah, so again, we I guess just faked it till we made it, and um, again because I we had it's kind of funny because although it was just a hobby, we took it seriously, and I always take everything every project I take on, I want to be the best. So I said to Tom, you know, let's do some market research to see what's being done locally, nationally, and internationally in the candle market and what's not being done. And we kind of, you know, did some comparison and comparisons and analysis. And we found this kind of niche market of females aged, you know, 23 to like 33 um, that no one was really targeting. And we said, you know what, let's go after them. And so that's kind of where it started. So we started you know, making these candles. And then, you know, we made a professional website and we had, you know, professional product photography taken. And we kind of took the necessary steps to make it look like it was the biggest, you know, candle company in Canada, even though it was literally just the two of us in my kitchen drinking wine. (laughs) And so it was kind of funny and kind of deceiving that way. So, but I just said it was more of an experiment to see like, hey, like what, what can happen? Let's just see what happens when you have good branding, good marketing, you know, good, you know, social media support. So we just kind of just did it. And then what happened was about, I guess, two months in, we started getting retailers selling the candles. And we kind of said to each other, this is maybe more of a business than a hobby, because, you know, we're making money now. And we actually have stores selling these candles. And uh, at that point, we made a business plan, because, you know, that's what you do, I guess, when you have a business. So we made a business plan. And part of the business plan is goal planning. So they always ask, you know, what's your, your, your short-term goal? What's your long-term goals? So our long-term 10-year goal was to do um, the, a gift bag. So we thought, wouldn't it be so cool if we did, you know, the Juno Awards, like the Canadian Awards, that would be so cool in 10 years. And that was our big kind of like, aha, achievable, we made it moment. Um, and then what happened is we, 
we actually just did some research and found the company who does the Oscars and Grammys. And I was at my full-time job at the time when I found it. I was on a break and and I just randomly emailed them and I said, hey, this is our company. This is our website. Here's our product. This is what we do. What's the process in 10 years to even be considered to be in this bag? And I mean, to, to be honest, I was not expecting a response at all. And then about two weeks later, Tom was over making candles in my kitchen, drinking wine, and we got this email back from them. And we opened it up and they said, you know, we really appreciate you emailing us. Uh, we happen to be doing our product submissions right now. And we reviewed your product and we think it's really unique and really interesting and creative. And we think the celebrities will love it. And we want it for this year's home decor product in both the Grammy and the Oscar gift bags. And they said, are you in? And it was just that surreal moment where time kind of stands still, you know, and and we, I first thought it was spam. And then I just did some research and said, no, 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 this is legit. This is crazy. So obviously we freaked out. And um, yeah, it was, it was a mix of the most exciting and probably the most terrifying I've ever felt in my whole life because, you know, it's, it's just so incredible and it can change everything. And in, you know, in a positive or negative way, um, to be honest, you know, so it could have made, made or broke us very early on because there was a lot of financial risk involved with it. It costs a lot of money to do those bags. You know, they don't pay you to do them. Like a lot of people think you have to donate all the product and then you also have to pay for shipping yeah. and all of that. And usually there's fees, fees involved as well with, you know, with being a part of it. So, so yeah, so we, we did it we took the plunge, which was crazy. Cause at that point we had to, uh, we created a custom box set of three little votive candles and the packaging was expensive. You know, every part of it was expensive. And we had to borrow money from, like, our parents and, you know, ourselves. And uh, we just thought, you know what, we'll figure it out. Let's just do it and see what happens. And, uh, yeah, and it was probably the best thing we, we ever, ever did. And that's really kind of what kind of catapulted the the company from there on. So, so yeah. Like, how did it catapult? Like, it, was it the folks who received it in their swag bag then sharing it on social media? Or, like, how did it, like, translate from there to more sales? For sure. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we, we did a lot of work on our end to really push the fact that we were in these, in these gift bags. So, you know, we created a press release and we sent it to all the media. And um, so we were on all the, you know, the morning shows and the radio stations and the, the newspapers and like you name it, like everyone was kind of talking about it. Um, and then from the company um, down south who arranges these bags in the States, uh, they also do a lot of PR work as well. And that's kind of what, what the fee is involved uh that part of the fee covers right is uh you know is pushing this to media so i mean the candle was on like good morning america front and center like it was on all these amazing platforms and um you know all these different web news outlets so that was really kind of like the bigger part of it i think was the the amount of effort that they had put in but also that we had put in um to really you know get people talking about this and from there on i mean the exposure for our brand was just huge so, I mean, I think a lot of stores had heard of it from that. And then they just jumped on the bandwagon and said, Kate, we want to sell these too. We want to sell these also. And there's something to be said about, um, you know, a Canadian product, I think being in an American awards show bag. And I think Canadians love to support Canadian made. So I think a lot of just, you know, stores were really proud of that fact and wanted to sell a product that they could, 
advertise the fact that it was in this gift bag and that really helped sell the product as well and I mean everyone knows like anytime a celebrity has a product or knows that they have a product everyone also wants to have that product it's just kind of how we are as humans how we're wired so I think that also kind of helped um, sell it as well but as far as endorsements from the actual celebrities it's a lot more difficult because obviously endorsements are complicated and you know, involve contracts and are expensive and are usually a separate kind of negotiated deal. So in this case, there was not like one celebrity that really posted about it. But I mean, we do know that it was delivered and sent to all of these specific celebrities. So we know that they do have them. Um, But the one story that I do tell people that I thought was pretty, pretty surreal and pretty cool. So one day I after the, the show, the Grammy Awards, I got this phone call on my cell phone and it was an unknown number but it was from New York City so I picked it up and I answered the phone and it ended up being a gentleman named Neil Farina who is an amazing amazing hairstylist and it turns out he is Beyonce's personal hairstylist so he (laughs) travels with her all around the world and he has the dream job and yeah and he has his own salon in new york city as well and he calls and he's like yeah i heard about these candles like i saw them in beyonce's living room blah 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 he's like i really want to sell them in my salon and he just acted so nonchalant about it i'm like oh cool i'm all trying to act nonchalant back i'm like "Mm, yeah that makes sense totally yeah for sure meanwhile i'm freaking out right so i mean that was probably the coolest thing that came from directly from it but but yeah no so that was kind of the experience and that's that's I think how the brand just you know was um the awareness of the brand just was you know spread across the country that way yeah you're one degree of separation from queen b that's awesome I know we're pretty much best friends now (laughs) that's amazing yeah you're in one of her most like sacred of spaces that's pretty right so personal yeah awesome Okay, so you reach your 10-year goal in month three. <laughs> so, yep, yep. So I know it's been a few years since that, but like, what's the next big goal? Like, where do you actually see Colin Canary going? What's the dream? Yeah, for sure. It's actually funny because we it changes every year. Because we tend to hit our goals pretty quickly, which is really amazing. But yeah, we are actually, well, I mean, the new thing is we're, so my business partner, Tom, um, he is obsessed with fragrance and that's kind of how he got into making candles. And last year he actually got uh, into the world's most prestigious perfume school in France. So he was actually gone all last year and he attended the school and uh, well, I kind of stayed back and, you know, manned everything. And uh, yeah, so he's back home now, which is exciting. And uh, we're actually going to be getting into perfume, which is really cool. So that's kind of our next big thing. So everyone has to stay tuned. But yeah, I mean, as far as big goals, we, we definitely see the perfume kind of, you know, hopefully taking off. We'll see. But uh, yeah, that and just I think getting into into more stores, we really want to try and grow our business in the US still like that's kind of an untapped market for us. And so yeah, we're doing doing those types of things and, and maybe one day, you know, have another storefront, we'll see. Uh, We have one right now currently in Winnipeg. But um, yeah, we just kind of we have big, big dreams of just kind of growing the business into more of a lifestyle company as well. So potentially maybe doing some other products. But I'm not going to share what those are. But <laughs> I'm so excited now. Like my, your scent won't just stay in my house; it can leave my yeah, house with me. That's exciting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's super exciting. So we're really excited about it. It's a lot of work, but 
we're kind of in the middle of of it all right now. We're hoping to launch this fall if everything goes as planned, but no promises. So no one hold me to it. But but that's kind of the plan right now. So when you set these new goals, is there a specific sort of process that you follow? Like, are you guys working backwards? Like, or are there, is it just figure it out as you go kind of thing? It's, <laughs> I would love to say that we're like very analytical that way, but we're not. So we just basically have a board and it's like our dream board. And we just say, okay, what do we want? What do we want? Kind of what, you know, what do you want our lives to be? What do you, what do you see yourself? If you close your eyes, you know, and you, you picture yourself in, in five years and you open your eyes back up, where are you? You know, like, what does it smell like? Where, what location are you in? What people are you around? So that's kind of where we start. And then it's just, you know, what do we want for ourselves? And then what do we want for the business? And then how do they work together? So it's really just, I guess, dreaming big and, and not having anything, you know, hold you back. And it's, it's just, you know, making it, kind of endless and open so that's kind of where we how we start it's just it's just where do we want our lives to be and what do we what do we want for ourselves and then yeah where do we want the company to be so that's kind of all it is we just kind of dream big and yeah. we figured out along the way so questions <laughs> so and that sounds so exciting and so mm-hmm. inspirational I guess my question is have you guys ever actually had moments of self-doubt on this journey and then like how do you work through those um every single day okay <laughs> No, always. And it's it's so stressful. Like, that's the part people don't really see. Um, you know, nowadays, especially with Instagram and social media, uh, and people, you know, they only see the, the really good parts and the shiny parts and the fun parts. They don't see the really scary parts. And, of course, it's it's scary. And, and we totally suffer imposter syndrome. We didn't go, again, we didn't go to business school. We we have no, we always joke around. We're like, we have no idea what we're doing, you know? And, and it's easy to tell yourself that, but then you step back and you think, wait a second, look at everything we've learned and everything we do know. And I think it's easy to forget what you know and to really doubt yourself. And um, it's important to kind of take a second and appreciate the things that you have accomplished and, and the things that you have done. And um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we constantly are, are you know telling ourselves that we don't know this or how are we going to do this and I mean there's ways of kind of figuring it out and you you do what you have to do and and um, like I said you ask questions and ask for help I think that's a big part Tom and I really know what we know but there's a lot of things that we don't know and the parts that we don't know we will ask for help we'll find resources um, you know we'll connect with a, an expert in the field and I think the biggest lesson that we've learned is make the ex- let the experts be your experts. And don't be too proud. Uh, I know most entrepreneurs I know um, admit that they're, they suffer from, from being too proud, where they, they want to do it all. They think they can do it all. They want to try and save the money. And in the end, it ends up hurting them. And you're only going to burn out, and you're going to run out of money, and you're going to run out of steam. And it's just... It's, sometimes worth investing in, you know, professionals to help you out in those areas, just to save your men- your mental health, you know, that's so critically important when, when you're especially an entrepreneur, um, you know, you need to be the best, Yeah, you know, you have to be on your toes, you know, be the best you can be for your staff, for your team, for your customers. So things like that, I think are important to kind of note. So whether I talk to sort of couples or friends who are starting businesses, like it can change relationship dynamics. So you Mm -hmm. and Tom being best friends, like how do you manage that line between friendship and business partners and who does what? Yeah, it's tricky. We get asked this a lot. 
um, before we even went into business, you know, people warned us. They said, don't go into business with your best friend. You know, it's going to ruin everything. It's really challenging. And I mean, it is really challenging. But I think this sounds really weird, but Tom and I are like the same person, but in two different brains. So we're, we're very complimentary and we're very respectful of one another. And we're always on the same page, which is very lucky. And we've always, you know, agreed that friendship comes first and business comes second, no matter what. And at the end of the day, he's always going to be my best friend, no matter what happens. Um, with that said, I mean, it is challenging and it's, it's hard. You have to work through it. And then as you grow your company, your, your skills, your responsibilities change, um, you know, you all of a sudden have, have team members and staff and, you know, how are you going to manage them? And your managing styles might be totally different, which ours are very different. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I think it's learning how to push and pull and then learning what is important to you and what's really not as important. And then what things to really, you know, fight for and what things that maybe aren't as big of a deal that might be more important to the other person. So, I mean, there's times where we're always kind of sacrificing or, or backing down, you know, that, because what that person really feels a certain way about something. Um, yeah. So, we, I mean, it's, it's definitely challenging. We've had, you know, times where it's harder than others, but in the end, we're, we're pretty lucky in the fact that we, again, we do get along really great. And I think we also are very good at putting on our, you know, business partner hat from nine to five and then taking it off after five o'clock and after five o'clock, we're friends. We put on our friend hat. So and drink some the relationship, wine. And we do. And the, <laughs> the relationship totally changes. Like, it's it's kind of funny. Like when we're at the office, it's one way, and then as soon as we're out the, out of the office, it's the other way. So so yeah, we're really lucky lucky that way. And it's not like you don't have fun at the office. I have seen your Insta stories. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like we like to have a lot of fun, and and our our team and our staff work so hard. Um, you know, we we like to say that we take our our work very seriously, but we don't take ourselves as seriously. That's kind of our motto. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I think is completely fair to say is that you guys rock social media. Like you just oh, do such you. a good job of it. So <laughs> a lot of our listeners are, are business owners, whether they're like product based or service based. Like what are your top mm. tips for Instagram or what are people doing wrong? Oh, my gosh. There's, <laughs> there's so many things. I mean, to be honest, like I hate telling people like, oh, you're doing this wrong. I think if you're doing anything, that's great. I mean, anything is better than nothing. So I'll start there. Okay. So if you're doing anything, way to go. That is awesome. But I know for, for ourselves, I think the biggest thing is just to be yourself. And I know a lot of people have a hard time putting themselves, like their face even sometimes on social media or doing Instagram stories of themselves talking. They say, oh, I feel so awkward. That's so weird. People don't want to hear me. People do want to hear you. And I think people nowadays, um, especially with social media and our society, they really crave a connection and a relationship. And even if it's not face-to-face, if it's through a screen, people still feel the same way. And so I think that's why it's so important to really put a face to your brand and to your company. Um, You know, it's so interesting. I just read an article and they're saying that nowadays, um, especially with, you know, putting a face to a company or a brand, it's so vitally important because back in the day, if you wanted to go buy a pair of blue jeans, let's say, you would go down to the store and you'd buy a pair of blue jeans that fit and you'd leave. And that was it. Nowadays, a customer walks in your store, they want to know or if they're buying online, 
you know, who is this company? Who is making this product? Do I agree with their values? Do I agree with, you know, the personality of the brand? Like all these different things. And that's what they all, that's all those decisions that they make before they decide to even look at your pants or your jeans, you know? So it's so interesting. So I think if people feel a connection and know who's actually making the product or who's behind the service, that really helps them decide whether or not they trust you and whether or not they want to work with you or buy your product. So I think that's my first piece of advice is just to always, um, you know, put yourself out there and be vulnerable. People want to see that you're vulnerable. And um, yeah, I mean, besides that, I think trying to at least, you know, especially for Instagram, posting once a day, you know, try to try to, you know, do something once a day. Um, I know nowadays with the algorithms, people just it makes their head spin. And it's so frustrating. Our engagement's totally down. Like, I will admit this, like, we're not like no one has it perfectly figured out. We're still learning. We're trying to navigate the waters. It changes literally every day. But I know a lot of people think, oh, if I post three times a day, then at least some of my followers are going to see one of my posts. The thing is, Google actually has now decided that if you do that, your your three posts are just going to be divided up between your your followers equally. So there's less of a chance that your followers are going to see one, which is interesting. Um, So things like that are are kind of interesting. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there's so many different things like utilize geotags, location tagging, um, tag people, you definitely utilize giveaways and collaborate. I think collaboration is so huge. You know, we have done our best social media work with zero budget. Um, we've actually done some paid advertising as well. And just to compare, and it hasn't even come close to our organic free, uh, you know, contest giveaways or um, posts. So being really creative in what you can do. So just as an example, um, the post that we had the most engagement ever was a giveaway idea that that we had as a team. And we collaborated with a local hotel and decided to do like a girls night out kind of trip or sorry, like a little girls night out one night stay uh, at this hotel. And uh, the hotel donated the night for free. And we also donated to the winner um, a bunch of candles that they could, you know, give to their girlfriends and themselves. And yeah, I know people at that time for contests were asking their followers to tag one person that they wanted to share the night with, let's say. And it was always, you know, tag one friend that you want to do this with. And that was it. And, you know, we said, well, why would they limit it to one person? That just seems so crazy. We said, why don't we just open it up and say, tag as many friends that you want to, you know, share the night with. And every tag is another entry. So that was kind of like one of the things that we had done first that no one else was really doing that we had seen. And it just went through the roof. Like we could not believe the engagement level. And, um, and you know, it was a one night little stay and, and it was it was a great prize. But um, I think the contest was two days long and we ended up having over 15,000 comments Holy. on the post. And I think we had, it was insane. I think we had like five or 7,000 likes on it. But that actually, it's funny because that day we had more comments than anyone because we checked out like Kim Kardashian's post from that same day. (laughs) And she had, I think, 10,000 comments and we had 15,000. So like that just goes to show like we, we totally beat Kim K that day, which is crazy. And it cost us the cost of a couple candles and that was it. 
So things like that, I think, are, are just, you know, other ways you can kind of utilize social media. Um, and it doesn't always have to be expensive. So, so but are, are you things. guys now inundated with, like, requests for collaborations? or? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, it's a good thing. Like, I mean, it's, it, that's what you want. Yeah, we, we get us all the time. And, and we love doing it. We do a lot of them because we believe in it. And, and we want to help other companies, too. Like, it, it helps, you know, it really helps both of us. Uh, or, you know, if there's multiples, it helps everyone. And, um, yeah, I, I just think it's it's the way of the future. I think collaboration is key. And you want to support, you know, your other local makers and, and businesses. So, yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah. And I just <laughs> I just have to laugh because it's like Kim K, Beyonce. You guys yeah. are, like, <laughs> rocking it. Yeah. I mean, but, like, why not, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's our attitude. It's like... It's like, well, why couldn't we get more than Kim K? Like, like let's try, you yeah. know, and then it happens. They're like, oh, my God, okay. Like, yeah. I didn't think that was going to happen, but sure. Yeah, no, it's fun. So what does your life look like outside of the business? Like, I, I know as an entrepreneur, business is just, like, all-consuming. But when mm-hmm. you do have a little spare time, like, you got a hubby, what do you guys do? Yeah, so I, I'm married. Uh, I've been married for, oh, my God, forever, I think it's. We've been married for over 10 years and together for 15 years. So a very long time. Were you guys but, high school uh, we sweethearts? Were, we were. Oh yeah, people gosh. always look at me like I'm a TLC special when I say that. They're like, <laughs> oh, wow, like you're crazy. I'm like, no, I swear I'm not. Maybe I am. I don't know. But it's so That's funny. Uh, it just worked out that way. But we started dating when we were 17. So we just kind of stayed together forever, which is awesome. But he's amazing. Um, he helps my business out a lot. He volunteers a lot. He's great. But yeah, we, we hang out. Uh, we have a little teacup shih tzu. His name is Pancakes. Aww. So we we walk pancakes a lot. And we actually just moved. So funny story that not a lot of people know because we haven't been, like, haven't done a, couple, a few interviews lately. But we actually had a house for about 11 years. We sold it, just moved downtown in Winnipeg in this cool area called the Exchange District. So we live in this beautiful loft. But we live with Tom. So all oh three of us gosh. live together, which is crazy. And no one knows. Well, not, I tell people. But yeah, it's crazy, hey? It's so crazy. But it works so well. Um, it's a long story. I won't really get into the whole thing. But Tom had come home from France, and he had sold his apartment. And he came home and didn't have a place to live. So he found this huge, beautiful loft that was more than he could afford. And he said, hey, do you want to live with me? And I said, that's crazy. Absolutely not. Long story short, I now live with Tom. So it happens. <laughs> um, it's amazing. It sounds so crazy. So we live and work together, uh, all three of us, which is so funny. But um, yeah, the cool thing with the loft is it's actually a live work loft. So it's huge. And we actually host Cold Canary events there in the evening. So that was part of um, the appeal. So it's it's really great. So it's kind of funny because people are like, oh, so like, you know, this podcast, you know, what do you do when you're outside of work? It's like, well, I live with my business partner. <laughs> <laughs> But no, we have fun. And it's actually, it's really good because it kind of ties in with your previous question about, you know, owning a business, owning a business with your best friend, because, you know, it it has given us a chance to become friends again, because you really, you know, when you work all day and we, when we lived apart, um, we would work together all day and just be business partners and then go home and do our separate thing. And you never get a chance to just be friends because you don't really like think to like want to hang out with that person at night too. So you're only business partners. And so I feel like our friendship kind of strained from that. So now like living together, it really allows us to be friends again. Cause at home we try not to talk about business. We 
watch RuPaul's Drag Race, we <laughs> make cocktails, we like we have fun and it's it's great. We have people over. So yeah, so it's it's crazy, but um it really, really works for us. And uh, besides that though, I mean we have a cabin, so we'll go to the cabin and try to get some outdoor time in. And I like to travel, so we travel a lot and yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much my life. I like to paint and draw and yeah, that's that's kind of it. What are you still doing portraits? I do. Do you know what? I do. I I took a long break, but um, I decided a couple months ago that I needed to get back into it. So, yeah, I just do it in my off time, usually at the lake on the weekends or something. Um, yeah. And then I also sing. I do a lot oh, of karaoke, nice. which is really random. So, I yeah. So, just like random stuff like that. But, yeah, it keeps me busy, which That's is great. Awesome. And I love especially creative people, right? Like, it's... I think a lot of people think, well, you just have, you have one creative pursuit, like that fills your Mm -hmm. bucket, but it's like, no, you Mm -hmm. need all these other little branches of creativity to feel fulfilled. Oh, exactly. And the thing is you have to, you have to do your passion no matter what it is. So I, I, I said to my husband, I said, you know what, like, I know my life is crazy and I don't really have time for painting or singing, but I said, I, my heart, my soul just misses it. And, you know, no matter how fulfilling your business is, and your business life, you still need to connect with your personal passions. And I think that's what, something that I've really learned um, over the last five years. And um, no matter how busy I get, I still make time for those things because it's important, you know, and it's who you are and your business might, you know, close tomorrow. So it's important to kind of keep true to who you are and, and do the things that are important to you. Yeah. Where's next on the to travel list? Uh, well, I actually just flew home from Calgary today. And on Wednesday, Tom and I are flying to Ottawa. We're speaking at a conference, which is super exciting. Ooh. So yeah, that's what we're we're gonna go do. Okay, so, where's le- next on the vacation travel list? The vacation travel. Ah, you know what? We don't have anything booked yet. I'm sure something will pop up. Tom is like a gypsy, so he's very much he can't sit still. So he'll say, "Oh my gosh, we have to go here. We have to go here." Oh, do you of course, we are together here. as well. We do. That's the crazy <laughs> part. I'm like, oh my gosh, it, it's it's crazy. I know people that are probably listening being like, "Oh my god, this girl's nuts," but. Maybe I am as part of the success, but <laughs> I, no, I think most of us part wish of the that we had friendships like that, that close, right? Like, especially yeah, maybe, the, yeah. like the older you get, friendships kind of shift or you have friends for certain periods of time. So like the mm-hmm. fact that you can do all these things together, I think is incredible. Yeah, it, it, it works for us. It's, it's our little zany lifestyle. We love it. So, yeah. yeah, it's good. And uh, before I move into the final five, what's your favorite? Mm-hmm. If you had to pick a baby of all your colon canary sense which is the favorite oh my gosh I know it's like a favorite child (laughs) okay it it honestly depends on my mood it depends on the season depends on the day but if I had to pick one I would this is gonna surprise people I would probably say crimped hair and or truth or, or sorry crimped hair and truth or dare there we go um it's a mango coconut papaya vanilla and it's just so good and every time our staff are pouring the candles in the back and they're pouring that scent I just like I can't it's so amazing that was probably my first my number one choice followed by that hot barista which is our coffee scent that one's just it's it's up there Yeah, yeah I would say those are my top two Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the final five questions I ask all of our guests. The first one is this, we might've already touched on it, but personal or professional, what are the things or the projects that get you fired up in a good way? Oh, um, I think any new collection, just because it's 
it's unknown territory and you know it's it's the options are are limitless so we like to have fun making up names and i love to come up with the design and um yeah i think like any new project i would say yeah and that's so entrepreneur right like you like to the new thing try launch the new product launch the new yeah. service yeah no I exactly it. exactly what's the most inspiring book that you've read in the past few years oh my gosh um do you know what's really funny okay this oh, this is a terrible answer it's not as much inspiring it's more thought-provoking and just in- i think it's fascinating I think the most fascinating book I've read is How to Deal with Annoying People. <laughs> I haven't read that. Oh, my good? God. If every entrepreneur has to read it. Yeah. It is so amazing. And it's I'm not going to give it all away, but basically it just talks about all the different personality types. And then it gives different scenarios, of, you know, with each of the personality types. So just quickly for an example, it would be like if you go out for dinner with you know, all four of these personalities, here's how it's going to go down. And here's how long it's going to take this person to order. And here's how this person's going to feel about, about it. And it's, it's so comical because it's so relatable. And then you go through it and you can just name all the people in your life and you can, you know, right away who's who. And it's just so interesting and it's great. And it teaches you how to deal with different personality types in a positive, constructive way. And um, yeah, it's just really cool. And if you have, if you have team members or business partner or staff I think everyone should like be forced to read it it's so awesome so definitely check it out yeah I really it's want very to read good. it now okay mm-hmm. awesome so we've talked we we've touched the word stress has come up a few times <laughs> and <Yeah>. um, <laughs> like I'm a stress reduction coach so I'm passionate about this so mm-hmm. what are the things that tend to stress you out the most and what are your go-to strategies for handling stress oh my goodness number one money i think everyone probably has a very similar answer um just always i mean it's just it's part of life right so with a business so you know people always see us making all these sales and it's all great but i mean people don't see that all that money has to go back into the company and it all has to be reinvested so it's not like it's all going in my pocket uh which is fine but um yeah i mean and we're growing like we've really grown so rapidly in five years so just the startup growth mode has been it's it's scary um, so I think financing and money is always like probably the number one stressor and then you have to pay for payroll and all those rent and everything else. But with that said, I mean, yeah, I think, I think ways of coping with the stress is trying to leave it up at the office. It's very, very, very hard because obviously I, we all take our work home when you're an entrepreneur. It's just inevitable. I also think it just motivates me in a positive way to try and be creative and find solutions and ways of, you know, making sales or or how to reduce hard costs and things like that. But yeah, I also do some, like I do yoga, which is really helpful. Uh, meditation, Tom and I both try to practice meditation, just deep breathing. And I think just telling yourself, like, no matter what, like, it's going to work out. And knowing that at the end of the day, like, if, you know, everything just blows up and, you know, blows up on my face, I mean, I'll go into something, do something different, you know, like life has a way of figuring itself out. So I think just knowing that in the end, at the end of the day, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what's the best life lesson you've learned or advice that you've been given? Uh, well, the, my this sounds so tacky and, and cheesy, but my favorite quote, it's actually a quote that was given to me and it's, it's not your aptitude, but your attitude that will determine your altitude. I that love is that. It. 
that's all that I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, attitude, mindset, it's everything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Final question, Amanda, is what does it mean to you to live your best life? Being true to who you are. I think that is the biggest, biggest key. You know, it's so funny because Tom is, we always joke around and we have this, this office and it's, we've just moved our sixth move in five years. And, you know, we have this big, huge, beautiful office and it's very professional. We are not professional. Like Tom is not professional. It's so funny. We always joke around. Um, but that's what people love us, you know? And I think there's this, there's this expectation that people think, oh, I have to be this or I have to be that or people expect me to be this way. And I mean, if we, if we were what people wanted us to be, I think our company wouldn't succeed. Um, you know, we have crazy personalities. We're not afraid to hide it. You know, in our mission state statement, part of our mission statement is sissy that walk, you know, pop bottles, have hustle, you know, like it's all those types of things. And we have it plastered huge in our, in our office. And, you know, we have serious people coming all the time. We have meetings with our bank and all these people and they come and we're like, Ooh, what are they going to think about us? Are we going to get money? Whatever, you know? <laughs> and they love it. They're like, this is amazing. Like you, this is so great. And you guys, you know, are, are he, who you are and that's what makes you successful and people love that. So I think just not being afraid to, to be yourself. I think that's, that's kind of the number one thing. Oh, I love it so much. Well, Amanda, thanks mm -hmm. for being on the podcast. And I wish both you personally and your business continued success. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs>